Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and this is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. Most weeks I have a guest here, and we discuss some subject of enthusiasm about the Catholic faith. Maybe we have an architect or an artist, a musician, maybe a convert to the Catholic faith, someone who's involved in an apostolate, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and the evangelizing. All of our different guests can bring their own personality, their own point of view, and their own particular passion for the Catholic faith and the way they're seeking to live and share that Catholic faith in the world. Today, I want to focus, however, just on the cornerstone of our faith and on what should be the cornerstone of our apologetics and evangelization. Some of you might know that I have a blog which is called Standing on My Head. It gets a good number of readers day by day, and I write on a variety of topics. One of the things which I write on frequently is atheism and what they call the new atheism, which is out there, a kind of aggressive form of atheism, attacking the Catholic Church, attacking the Christian faith, attacking the Bible, attacking all of the things that those of us who believe hold dear. Now, when we're discussing the Christian faith with atheists, it's very easy to get drawn into debates about the existence of God and philosophical arguments for the existence of God, or it's very easy to get sidelined into a defense of Catholic doctrines or trying to explain the Catholic understanding of the Eucharist or the Catholic understanding of particular beliefs or practices, or we can sometimes get sidelined into defending the church because it's being attacked because of pedophile priests or the Spanish Inquisition or some horrible things that have happened in the past. And instead of all those other arguments, increasingly what I tend to focus on when I'm trying to explain the Christian faith and to defend the Catholic faith is to focus uh, right back on the cornerstone, the very heart of our faith, the thing which changes everything, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not true, then you can forget the whole thing. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true, however, and every serious-minded person has to give this consideration and look at the facts, if it is true, then that also changes everything. St. Paul said right at the very beginning in his epistle to the Corinthians, if Jesus Christ is not raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain. There it is, what some of the first books of the New Testament. If Jesus Christ is not raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain. Likewise, if Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, then our faith is not in vain. Our faith in Jesus Christ, therefore in the church that he founded, and everything else therefore follows. So, as our society drifts further into immorality, uncertainty, unbelief, atheism, and despair, it's our duty as Christians to explain and defend the Christian faith. And the cornerstone of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We can't forget that. We are an Easter people, as the saying goes. Uh, Our entire church liturgy of the entire year focuses around the turning point of Holy Week and Easter. Christmas might be a very happy celebration, and we all love Christmas, but Easter is the big feast. That's because everything revolves around this fact of Jesus rising from the dead. Therefore, I'm going to spend a few minutes today with you to try to go through our arguments for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, understand some of the objections, some of the arguments that come up, so that you might be better equipped when you're engaged in an argument about the existence of God or the Catholic faith or your Christian faith, to bring it back time and again and say, let's talk about the resurrection. Let's talk about this event that really happened. Let's really get down to it and and look at the evidence. Now, this is especially powerful because 
one of the things which the atheists constantly bring up time and time again is they say, show me the evidence. I want to see the evidence. The evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ not only validates and confirms what we believe as Christians, but it also validates and confirms the existence of the supernatural in the world, and it also, therefore, validates and confirms what we believe about God. All the specifics about God's existence and all the specifics about the Catholic faith may not be there exactly, but if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true, then one must consider all of these other questions as well and look at them seriously. So here's the evidence. Uh, You know, the first thing we have to get clear is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was an actual historical event. The New Testament doesn't make any bones about it. The disciples met Jesus Christ in the flesh. He was dead. Now he was alive. He wasn't a ghost. They touched him. They put their fingers in the nail prints in his hand. He invited them to put their hand in the wound in his side. He prepared meals for them. He ate meals with them. Ghosts don't eat toast and fish on the seaside on a beautiful spring morning. So the first attack on the resurrection is by what we call modernist Christians, those who don't really believe in the supernatural, don't believe in miracles, don't believe that Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead is an actual historical fact. Instead, they say that Jesus' resurrection was a story that the disciples made up to explain the fact that they still held Jesus' memory as something precious. The theory goes something like this. The resurrection story is a way of saying that despite Jesus' tragic death, his disciples still loved him, and they tried to follow the beautiful teachings he had given them. But this is harder to believe than the resurrection itself. These men were hard-headed, sensible, working-class men. They were fishermen. They were farmers. They knew that when a person died, he didn't rise again. They knew the difference between a beautiful story and an inspiring idea and cold, hard facts. Furthermore, are we to believe that these men gave up everything and eventually died being tortured and killed and eventually dying for a mere story or a fairy tale? Don't you think that when they were hauled off to prison and someone was threatening to skin them alive or cut their throat or burn them to death or crucify them upside down, don't you think they would have said, "Uh, uh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. It was only a story. We didn't mean for you to take that resurrection stuff literally. Come on, it was a beautiful idea. No, of course not. Jesus' disciples recorded in the New Testament what they actually experienced. There were hundreds of witnesses. If they'd been making up a beautiful story about their dead friend, plenty of people would have corrected them and said, "Uh uh-uh, you made a mistake. Uh, Jesus is still really dead. And furthermore, they would have said, let's go over and show you where his tomb is. Let's dig him up and show you his body. He's still dead. But of course, they couldn't do that. That's because Jesus had really risen from the dead. Furthermore, if it's true that the disciples made up a beautiful story, that it was a piece of wishful thinking, that they all thought that it would be beautiful if Jesus really had risen from the dead and that we could share that story with everyone, where would they get such a story from? Most of the Jews didn't actually believe in the resurrection of the dead. It was a total surprise. It was something which, even if they had thought of it, they would never have made up because it would have been totally incredible. It was only the true historical resurrection of Jesus from the dead which could have convinced these men and turned them from being cowards hiding in an upper room for fear of their own lives to going out and changing the world and taking the Roman Empire by storm.
You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Today, uh, we don't have a special guest. Instead, I'm taking some time to discuss with you the reasons and the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the cornerstone of our Catholic faith. First of all, I said that some people proposed that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was just a beautiful story. It was an inspiring story that the disciples made up in order to help spread their new religion. Or some people say it was a story which was added on after the apostles died to make Jesus seem even more supernatural. But of course, that doesn't match up with the evidence. We have the New Testament documents which record the experience of the disciples. Therefore, we have to take the gospel accounts at face value. The disciples experienced something that had never happened before. Their friend had risen from the dead. And this is why they went on to change the world, because the event of the resurrection had changed them. It really does change everything. Well, let's look at some of the other theories. First of all, we said that there were those who suggest that the resurrection was a made-up story to teach that Jesus' loving spirit was still alive in the world. After this, we have two categories of people who deny the fact of the resurrection. The first category are those who say that he never died in the first place, and then there are those who say that he died, but something else happened to his body. Okay, this is what happens. Uh, People look at the evidence for the resurrection. They say, okay, maybe they didn't just make up the story. Maybe it wasn't just wishful thinking. Maybe something really did happen which changed their lives. Uh, Maybe it really was something momentous. However, there has to be another explanation because we can't believe in the resurrection because such things don't happen. So therefore, the critics come back, and there's, again, two categories, those who say that Jesus never died in the first place and those who say that he died, but something else happened to his body. And both groups of people come up with a whole range of different theories to try to explain away the fact of the resurrection. So first, let's take those who say that Jesus didn't really die. Some people say something amazing happened, but Jesus didn't really die. Some of them say someone else died instead. Maybe it was a clever lookalike that his disciples substituted at the last minute in order to save Jesus' life. Others say it was really Judas and Jesus survived. They took Judas by mistake and crucified him, and Jesus survived and and slipped away quietly. Others argued that it was really Jesus' kinsman, James, who looked like Jesus, and it was him who died on the cross. However, there's no evidence of any kind that this could possibly be true. These are all theories made up to try to explain the fact of the resurrection. Could it have been Judas instead of Jesus? Could it have been James instead of Jesus? The story tells us that it was Judas himself who came and kissed Jesus in order to identify him to the Jewish guards and to the soldiers. To believe that somebody else was crucified instead of Jesus, we would have to believe that the Jewish and the Roman authorities got the wrong man, put him on trial publicly, and executed him publicly. Remember, the trial took place not only in front of all the Jewish Sanhedrin, It also took place in public in Pilate's courtyard. Are we to believe that the Jews would make such a mistake? They were intent on Jesus' death. They were so determined that they trooped Jesus into Pontius Pilate and Herod as well and asked for soldiers to guard his tomb. Would they have gone to all this trouble and then just happened to make the mistake of executing the wrong fellow? I don't think so. Furthermore, wouldn't the condemned man have protested that they had the wrong person? I mean, here's a person who's going to go through being flogged and tortured to within an inch of his life. He's going to be humiliated, dragged through the streets, and crucified, one of the worst, slowest, and most horrible forms of public execution. Don't you think if they had the wrong person, the condemned man would say, Hang on, I'm a patsy. I didn't really do it. It's not me. I'm not Jesus. That's him over there. 
Instead, the person suffered in silence and answered Pilate's questions with a sad dignity that fits perfectly with the personality of Jesus we know through the Gospels. There was no evidence that there was an imposter. And would anybody have stood up for Jesus, any of his disciples? They were all shown to be absolute cowards except for the Apostle John. Do you think one of them would have stood in for him and taken his death for him? It's not likely, and there's no evidence of it anywhere, any documentary evidence right back through the history of the church. This is something somebody made up just a few years ago to try to explain the fact of the, re- of the resurrection. Finally, we know it was Jesus who died because of the witnesses at the crucifixion. Would John the Apostle have been heartbroken if he really knew that it was somebody else up there on the cross? Would Peter have been racked with guilt if he really knew secretly that he hadn't betrayed his master after all, but he'd betrayed somebody else? Would the Blessed Mother have been tortured with grief at the death of her son if she really knew all along it was somebody else up there on the cross? Were they all pretending? Would they have ended up giving up everything and being tortured and killed, perpetrating the hoax? No. It really was Jesus of Nazareth who died on the cross that day and not somebody else. So, what other explanations do people give to explain away the resurrection of the Lord? Well, some people claim that it really was Jesus on the cross, but he didn't die. We're going to discuss that in just a minute, but I want to remind you that you're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. This is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. Today, we're taking some time to examine the different claims uh, against the resurrection of Jesus and showing that it really did happen and it really did change the world. So, some people claim that it really was Jesus up there on the cross, but he didn't really die. The Gospels record how Jesus was tortured and then killed by professional executioners. We have to be clear about this. Not only were the executioners professionals, but their careers and even their lives depended on them doing a thorough job. Furthermore, this execution took place in public, in front of a howling crowd who were there to make sure that the job was done properly. Jesus was on the cross, but he didn't really die? Okay, well, nevertheless, people say that he couldn't have risen from the dead, so it must be that he wasn't dead to start with. They say Jesus didn't really die on the cross because someone gave him drugged wine, or he just passed out, or maybe he fainted because of the intense pain, or maybe he drifted into a coma. Either way, they say he woke up again a few days later, and everyone thought that he'd risen from the dead. So, let's get this straight. People who can't believe in the resurrection say, first of all, oh, it was just a beautiful story the disciples made up because they wanted to believe in the beautiful teachings of Jesus. And then other people say, well, something really did happen, but it wasn't really Jesus who was crucified. It was somebody else. It was an imposter. It was Judas or James or maybe a a bystander. Maybe it was Simon of Cyrene who carried the cross and they crucified him by mistake and Jesus survived and slipped away into the crowd. We know that can't be because there were too many people there to to actually see it. So they say, well, okay, it was Jesus on the cross, but he didn't really die. He didn't really rise from the dead. Therefore, he wasn't dead to start with. The man was tortured to within an inch of his life. Remember, Pilate sent him away to be tortured because he didn't want to crucify Jesus. And he insisted that the torture actually be very serious, that the flogging was very serious. The way they flogged people back then, you, you can see it in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. The Roman soldiers used leather whips with bits of glass and metal tied into it. It tore great chunks of flesh off the person's body. Jesus' wounds were profound and serious. The blood loss was terrible. 
He was flogged within an inch of his life, and then he had to drag the heavy cross through the city streets. Then he was nailed to it by professional executioners, who, instead of breaking his legs to hasten his death, stabbed him with a spear in his side instead. Water and blood flowed out from the side. Doctors tell us that when the sac around the heart is punctured, if the person is dead, water and blood come out. If they're still alive, it's just blood mixed with water. And so all these facts show us that Jesus actually died on the cross. Nevertheless, those who believe he didn't die on the cross tell us that someone must have slipped past the professional execution squad to give Jesus drugged wine. Who would that have been? One of his followers? We know that they all fled in terror except for John. Would it be one of the professional executioners who would have had to risk his own life to give the criminal an overdose of painkillers? Let's imagine for just a moment that such a theory is true. Now we must believe that Jesus woke up once he was taken down from the cross and he was in a coma or he had fainted. Now we have to believe that Jesus woke up in a freezing cold tomb on a chilly morning in April, having suffered scourging, crucifixion, a stab wound in the heart, massive blood loss, shock. And first, he carefully unwraps the shroud and burial wrappings, and he takes care to fold them neatly at the foot of his bed, and then, from the inside, having been tortured to within an inch of his life and crucified and gone through all those terrible injuries, he rolls back the stone from the inside of the tomb, which weighs a couple of tons, and then he stumbles out into the garden, totally naked, and limps up to the disciples on his bloody, pierced feet, shows them his hands, gasps out a greeting between the stabs of agonizing pain from his spear wound, most people would have concluded that the man had survived the crucifixion and given him first aid and hurried him off to the hospital and called a doctor. But were to believe that the disciples saw this terribly wounded survivor of the crucifixion and said, Oh, how wonderful! Something has happened that has never happened before. The Lord of life has risen from the dead. Let's write it all down and start a new religion. <laughs> These theories about what might have happened are more incredible than the resurrection itself. Jesus really did die on the cross. He didn't just fall into a swoon. He didn't just faint away. He didn't go into a coma. If he had survived the crucifixion and then managed to haul himself out of the tomb the next morning, the disciples wouldn't have concluded that he uh, had risen from the dead. They would have concluded, like anyone with common sense, that somehow or other he survived the crucifixion and he needed medical help. So we've considered those who've denied the resurrection by suggesting that it's just a nice made-up story. And then we considered those who said that Jesus didn't really die on the cross, somebody else did. And then we also considered those who said that he didn't die on the cross, he passed out and came to again on Easter morning. And we've seen how all of these theories just don't hold up. This brings us to the next category of those who deny the resurrection. Those who say that Jesus of Nazareth really did die, but something else happened to his body. And so his disciples started to believe what they wished was true, that their friend had risen from the dead. So now we have the theory of those who say that Jesus really died, but we don't know what happened to his body. So therefore, they have to come up with theories of what did happen to the body. One scholar supposes that Jesus' body disappeared because it was abandoned or hurriedly buried in a shallow grave. Maybe it was just thrown onto a trash heap and the dogs ate it. But we know that it was very important to the Jews to bury their dead respectfully. We have documentary of evidence of how they did that. 
We know that they had to bury him very carefully in a particular way, in a particular tomb. And we have the evidence that Jesus' body was buried in the particular person's tomb who would have served as a witness if it hadn't happened that way. So did Jesus' body just disappear? Was it thrown away and therefore never seen again? Even if that had happened, the disciples would not have claimed resurrection. They would have just said, we don't know where Jesus' body is. That's sad. We don't know what they did with his body. What happened? We don't know. That's sad. Why would they have gone on to claim something as stupendous and as amazing as the resurrection? Furthermore, we have to remember that Jesus' enemies were concerned that his disciples would steal the body, so they demanded that a Roman guard be set up. If the body wasn't buried, why did they demand a guard for the tomb? Others say that the disciples stole the body. For this to be true, we have to believe that the twelve men who fled in terror and denied their friend, lest they too would be tortured and crucified, suddenly not only found their courage, but they got together, planned a heist, crept out at night, overpowered the Roman guards at the tomb, and stole the body away. Why would they have done this in the first place? Because they wanted to fake a resurrection? They were as surprised as the, by the resurrection as anybody else was. Furthermore, why would they go and do such a thing when they never expected the resurrection to happen? Did they suddenly come up with the idea themselves and say, I know, let's go by night and steal Jesus' body, hide it away somewhere, and pretend to everybody that he rose from the dead? Such a thing was so remarkable and so amazing and so surprising, they would never have thought of it. Are we to believe, if they did do that, that they eventually went to to be tortured and killed themselves in order to perpetrate a hoax? What was in it for them? The glory of starting a new religion, a religion which would be persecuted by everybody uh, far and wide in the Roman Empire? Uh, What was in it for them? The glory of starting a new religion where they would suddenly get rich and famous? There was nothing in it for them except loss. There was nothing in it for the disciples except more hardship, difficulty, torture, death, being ostracized, removed from the synagogue, removed from their family and friends, and a life of misery. So we're to believe that they went through this extravagant hoax in order to tell the whole world that Jesus was risen from the dead so they could endure that life of hardship? It doesn't make sense. The New Testament account is very clear. Here are people who are telling the truth, even about the awkward facts that are not instantly advantageous to their lives. They genuinely believe Jesus Christ is risen. The disciples do not come across as people who lie about a body that they knew perfectly well was stolen or eaten by dogs. And for the rest of their lives, right through to their torture and execution, the apostles behaved like men utterly convinced that their friend Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Well, we've examined almost all the theories that deny the resurrection of Jesus, but there are a few others that are even more far-fetched than the ones we've already considered. Some New Age followers say Jesus was a special spirit person who only appeared to have a physical body, and it was that appearance of a body that died on the cross while Jesus himself really continued to live. And the appearance of a body was that thing which was crucified and Jesus continued to live. But the appearance of a body seemed pretty real to Jesus as he went through the pain, and everyone who watched him being tortured realized that it wasn't just the appearance of a body. The idea that Jesus was a spirit person who only appeared to have a body is a Gnostic idea, an idea which doesn't stand up to any serious thought. Some say the disciples went to the wrong tomb, and they found it empty and concluded that Jesus had risen from the dead. Were they really that stupid? Even if they made such a mistake, why would they jump to the conclusion that Jesus had risen from the dead? They were surprised by his resurrection as everyone else. 
Resurrection was not a solution they would have come up with. Look, if they'd gone to the wrong tomb, wouldn't they just have said, Whoops, we got the wrong tomb. Where did they bury him anyway? Let's look it up and go and find, him, find where he really is. Even if the disciples had, first of all, been so stupid, and secondly, so unimaginative, surely the others would have corrected them. Had Jesus been in another tomb, all his enemies would have produced the body and pointed out the disciples' foolish mistake. Then we have the group hallucination theory. This one goes like this. Jesus died and was buried, but his disciples all wanted him to be alive, and so they had a hallucination that they saw him. So we're to believe that 500 people hallucinated the same hallucination over a 40-day period at different times and places, and all the hallucinations matched up? And we should believe in such a thing as mass hallucinations anyway? Is there any evidence that such things ever occur? When have you ever heard of a mass hallucination that went on from 500 people over a 40-day period? That's harder to believe than the resurrection. Furthermore, these are very detailed hallucinations. The hallucination talks to them, invites them to put their finger in his wounds, eats and drinks and conducts a Bible study, and has extended conversations with them. I don't think so. In fact, all the theories denying the resurrection are more difficult to believe than the simple supernatural fact that Jesus of Nazareth, who died on the cross, rose again, and this fact of history changes everything. And if we allow, this amazing event also changes my life and yours. Finally, if the resurrection really happened, why does it matter? It matters because the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is a totally unique event in human history. A human being really died and really rose again from the dead and really stayed alive. A human being overcame death. If it happened once, then it can happen again. It will happen again for all those who are in Christ. This is what our faith is all about. It's not following just a religion of, of rules and regulations. It's not just following certain religious rituals. Instead, through baptism and faith, we share in Christ's victory over death. St. Paul said that through baptism we die in Christ so that we can also be raised with Christ. We believe that Jesus Christ is the second Adam. St. Paul teaches that just as in one man all died, so in one man all shall be made alive. If you would like to do some more reading about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there are some wonderful books out there which present all the arguments pro and con. One of the best ones is The Case for the Resurrection of Jesus by Gary Habermas and Michael Licona. Also, The Case for Easter, The Journalist Investigates the Evidence for the Resurrection by Lee Strobel. A very interesting book is Did the Resurrection Happen? A Conversation with Gary Habermas and Anthony Flew. Anthony Flew was, by the way, one of the most influential atheists who's now been converted to the Christian faith. One of the classic books also is Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which covers not just the resurrection but the existence of Jesus Christ, uh, and that's by Josh McDowell. You've been listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I invite you to go to my blog, Standing on My Head. Visit my website, DwightLongenecker.com. I invite you to join me and join in the adventure of following Jesus Christ. Music